And we are back with another week of That's Outrageous. We sure are. We're wind. Well, I guess, yeah, Halloween will be over by the time you hear this, but we're recording this on all, all Hallows Eve. No, wait, is the day before Halloween All Hallows Eve or is Halloween itself All Hallows Eve? You're really betting a thousand here. (laughs) (laughs) Which one's All Hallows Eve? Listen, luckily this is not your source for real news. I just want to talk about it being All Hallows Eve. It sounds very mysterious. It's it's such a mystery. We don't even know what day it is. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm Chrissy. And I'm Anne. And this is the podcast where we're not sure what day is All Hallows Eve. (laughs) No, this is the podcast where we talk about outrageous news stories and um and a movie you may remember or not yeah and this week i do have a few outrageous news stories and so okay the first one i actually was going to do last week but we ran out of time and now there's been a follow-up so it's like yeah this is a story i have been tracking (laughs) tracking like you're woodward and bernstein over here all right a massachusetts (laughs) woman well let me back up there was a guy in Massachusetts, who was going to be evicted from his home. Okay. A woman, now this is the, the thing. The first time I read this, I thought she lived at the house. She doesn't even live at the house. A woman decided to show up when the police were there to evict this man from his house. And she took it upon herself to drive up with a truck full of bees. Yeah. And, and opened the crates and unleashed the bees on the sheriffs. Oh my. Yes. In order to stop this eviction. No, wait, who, how is she affiliated with the guy in the I house? I don't even know how she's affiliated with the guy. She doesn't live there. She just, I don't know. Maybe she's a friend of his. I don't even know, but she knew the story. Somehow she knew when the police were coming, she came in a full belt beekeeper's outfit Oh my God. And shook these bees so that they attacked the police. That is wildly illegal, I would imagine. She was arrested. And the thing was that two, actually two of the police officers on the scene were allergic to bees. That's what I was going to say. What if somebody was allergic to bees? Yes. And they, they got stung. Like they were like, if someone had died, she would have actually been charged with manslaughter. Wow. And where did she get all these bees is she a beekeeper she is a beekeeper (laughs) yeah you know what they're gonna do is going to delay the eviction by about 30 minutes he did get evicted she is now in jail has been charged luckily nobody died but it's like what what kind of and and the police said by the way like we didn't decide this guy had to be evicted we were just sent there to do our job that's all we were doing they didn't cause the guy to be evicted. They no. were just following through. Right. There's actually photos of one of the sheriffs wrestling with her over the beat. They're like in these like crate things. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to make her not shake it, but he wasn't successful. And then they all had to start running. That is wild. I just, I don't, I, I don't really know what to say. I mean, what, I'm not sure what she was hoping to accomplish. Yeah, she was trying to stop the eviction of these 
this man, which I guess maybe her heart was in the right place, but uh, it, you know, you can't have some kind of vigilante justice. But then what happens, like those are her bees. So then does she, does she call them back somehow? How does that work? Oh yeah, I know. I don't know. So that's what's going on. What a world. Yeah, that that was covered by multiple outlets. <laughs> it's something. Here's another one. A man who has been divorced from his wife for 48 years. 48, 48? 48 years. Has been divorced for 48 years. She passed away a few years ago. He was now caught every morning at six something in the morning, he goes and urinates on her grave. Wow. And sometimes he leaves poop. <laughs> he leaves poop. Um, okay. Well, the first thing this tells me is it was a good thing. Uh, she divorced him because I'm going to assume she divorced <laughs> him. Uh, so well done to her. And secondly, I want to say what a loser. Well, and her children, this is not their father, their, her children were going to her grave. They noticed a bag of poop. They thought- At least he had the decency to put it in a bag. I, I know that, let, yes, thank God he did. Right on the grave, which is, I hope this lady's haunting this guy real, really aggressively. Oh, plus he goes with his current wife. She goes with him to the gravesite. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is very troubled slash- full loser of a guy yeah well so they saw the bag of poop they thought maybe it was an accident someone just left it there fine <laughs> then it happened again what kind of accident would that be why <laughs> is anyone in a cemetery with a bag of shit <laughs> number one well, they thought maybe someone was walking their dog or, i don't know okay. well all right sure but then so they got permission from the cemetery to install a camera to see what was going on and now they see this guy comes every day at almost the exact same time and pees on their mother's grave. Wow. The power she still holds over this man after 50 years. Yeah. And the fact that the new wife or new, I, I'm assuming she's been married him for a while, goes with him is really wild. Well, that's what this poor dead woman's son said. I can't get my wife to go out to dinner, but this guy gets his wife to go along with him to desecrate my mom's remains every morning. <laughs> what a what that is upsetting slash depressing slash pathetic all right here is another story and <laughs> we're two for two on some wild wild uh people yeah this one also sort of falls into that category but this is just like kind of like how dumb do you think everybody is <laughs> okay so a Northern California city council candidate. Wow, say that three times fast. He has been arrested on suspicion of breaking into his ex-girlfriend's apartment. Okay. He was arrested and accused of trying to burn his ex-girlfriend's belonging in her apartment. He faces charges of vandalism and arson. However, he says he is innocent and a bear is to blame. Uh, an actual bear as in a, an animal. Yes. This is like in California bear country. I see. So the bear is committing arson. Yeah. 
Texas. And meanwhile, he was caught in the apartment, but he claims that a bear had gotten there first <laughs> and caused this uh, this damage. I see. And then some of the, my next question is going to be, is he going to win that election? Because I feel like the way the world is now, he's probably winning by a landslide. Yeah. He claims that he went there after work because he was feeling sick, which is where you would go. Your ex-girlfriend. Why, why is he going to his ex-girlfriend's apartment? Exactly. And he had an unexpected encounter with a bear. Okay. Uh, the bear broke a window pane because, you know, and uh, he started throwing objects at the bear, which broke another window. And then he says he tripped and fell through a third window. Wow. Yeah. Fell, collapsed, and passed out. Okay. And when he came to, the bear had matches. Uh, what that He says that his girlfriend was burning sage. And that's how the fire started, even though she wasn't there. Okay. Oh, she just had sage burning in her house. I see. And a bear came in, attacked him. <laughs> Somehow when he collapsed, the bear just left him there. It didn't finish the job. No. Just decided to go. Imagine if this was in fact all true. <laughs> and he was like, I swear, I swear to God, I needed to stop somewhere. I got in, there was a bear. I mean. Yeah. I mean, listen, bears have been known to break into houses, sure. But I don't think the carnage that is being described in a, an encounter with him being there is likely. No, I wouldn't say so. No, no. So yeah, so there's someone to, to look for on the ballot box this year. <laughs> yeah. And he remains on the ballot because he has not yet been convicted. He's just been arrested. I see. So terrific. terrific. All right, Anna, one more, one more. Uber Eats is take, is keeping an eye on how many alcohol orders you place. All right. This story in particular is taking place in Australia. I don't know if it's happening in the U.S. as well. Okay. I never, I've never used Uber Eats. Neither have I. In Australia, a customer, they, they wouldn't send him any more alcohol because they said that he had placed too many orders over the last few weeks. And then it said, experts recommend that no more than 10 standard drinks are consumed each week. Well, so, but who cares? Why are they policing how much this guy drinks? Well, that's what I'm like. Can you do, can you do that? Like if you went into an, a liquor store every day, would they stop selling to you? No, they would not. They'd be like, Hey, come on in. Well, that's what I'm like. I don't, I mean, maybe this is an Australia thing. I don't, or maybe they thought he's like reselling it or giving it to minor. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I think that's ridiculous. Well, it does say Uber eats drivers are required to scan a customer's ID, which makes sense. Yeah. And check that, but this part and check that they are not visibly intoxicated before handing over an order. Again, I don't think that's fair because you're putting that judgment in the hands of someone who there are people, and this is the same thing that happens with like bartenders and stuff too, or servers and restaurant people present drunk differently. There are people that can be wasted and seem perfectly fine. And people who are falling down. I mean, you, you're not a doc, you know, these people are not doctors, you know, and unless someone is falling over, it is very hard to assess when someone is too drunk to do anything or drunk, whatever, under the influence. Look, this Uber driver's just trying to make some extra cash. Now he has to assess someone's uh, inebriation. I know. And why would you even want to get into a confrontation with someone 
Well, even if you thought they were intoxicated, you're not going to give them exactly the right. Then it's you standing there with the person and you're now going to tell him, I, I'm not going to give this to you. And then that's going to cause a fight. No, 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 no. Well, I guess this was another case in Australia. There's a, a alcohol delivery service called Jimmy Brings. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And it was being investigated over it bre- over whether it breached liquor laws in relation to the June 2018 death of a man who reportedly spent $15,000 with the company over three years, including daily orders in the weeks leading up to his death. But why? I don't understand why they would be culpable in any way. No, I just, yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously this person was drinking themselves to death, but is that up to the liquor company to say, I'm not going to sell it to you anymore? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And is, is that, do bartenders, are they told to stop serving people if they're yeah, they do. You, you can get in trouble. Actually, speaking of Stevie's entered the waiting room oh. and she ran a bar for a very long time. So she could answer that question. Oh, good. Perfect timing. Let me, what a segue. What a segue. <laughs> we were doing a story about in Australia, some guy basically got Uber Eats delivers booze and they got cut off. The guy was, I guess they determined he was ordering too much. And so okay. I was saying how when you're observer or bartender, whatever, that there are laws in place that you as the bartender or server have to assess whether or not someone's too drunk to get served again. Yeah. If they're all, if they like pose, like if they get so like intoxicated that they're like a harm to themselves or other people, like, you know, cause even if you're not, but you go walk into traffic, you know what I mean? And that's my problem even if you're not going to hurt somebody else you could hurt yourself too yeah but i was saying that puts a person in a bad position because people present very differently when they're drunk some people can be dead drunk and look completely sober another person could have one drink fall off me right now (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's like i think it puts and then the uber eats driver comes rolling up and now he has to make an assessment whether or not someone's drunk well, the Uber Eats driver, like that's, that's a whole, I, that's, that's a territory that I don't know because he's not necessarily serving, he's delivering, right. you know what I mean? Wait, so Stevie, are you saying that if someone left, a, let's say in the U.S., if someone left a bar and mm-hmm. got, and killed someone in a drunk driving accident, the yeah. bar could potentially be culpable? Yeah, so it's the dram shop laws and like all the states basically it's it's the same in the whole country but i i really only know like new york like laws and yeah so the bartender and the establishment like you can be held responsible yeah and when somebody gets into like any sort of drug or alcohol related if somebody is dies right it's not like on the spot oh this is what happened like an investigation will happen you know so every single person in the bar that was there at the time will get interviewed like they'll look at tapes you know and if I can say as the server, I cut this person off, I stopped serving them, I tried to get them car service, whatever it is, like that will, and I can prove that, that will far lessen my responsibility because people get drunk. It's my job to get you drunk and it's also my job to not get you that drunk. Right. So it's hard, but yeah, everyone is culpable in that situation. Yeah, especially in the case of like somebody gets in a car or somebody punches somebody in the face on the street and they die you know what I mean like right. it's the whole thing it's it's heavy it's heavy when yeah. you actually think about it yeah let's just say I'm not going into uber eats driving anytime soon. No. well welcome Stevie 
Maybe Stevie can answer our other question about All Hallows' Eve. Is All Hallows' Eve Halloween or is today All Hallows' Eve? The day before. That's Mischief Night, right? Is Mischief Night All Hallows' Eve? Yes, but what's All Is All Hallows' Eve Halloween? Well, when we say Christmas Eve, it's the day before. So it's the Eve before. Does does Eve entail the Eve before? <laughs> I think so. I think today is All Hallows' Eve. Or is it just like tonight? Is it said Eve? <laughs> I don't know, but I want, I, I, I don't know, but I would like to, you know what? I can easily find out. I just Googled it and it is Halloween. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow is All Hallows' Eve. Halloween is All Hallows' Eve. All right. All right. Well, this week we watched the movie Teen Witch. Yeah, but you don't remember that movie, Chrissy. I think this was a little like before, like after your your time of watching these kind of movies, probably. Well, it's funny because I never saw this movie, but then when I watched it, I'm like, I can't believe I never watched this movie because this is definitely right in my wheelhouse of movies yes. that I would have watched. It sure is. <laughs> yeah, right, it's, right up your alley. It's not even necessarily a Halloween movie. It's a fall movie for sure, but like there's no Halloween at any point in it. It's just, she is a teen who becomes a witch. Like, you know, it's like, very literal. Like, just because she's a witch doesn't mean that it's Halloween. Yeah. So, you know. It's very, well, it's from 19, it's from 1989. Uh, it stars Robin Lively as Louise okay. Miller. Yeah. And the object of her affection is uh, Brad Powell is his name. Brad. That's, that was always a big 80s name, Brad. Yeah, Brad's a hot guy. Yeah, Brad's Brad's the BMOC, big man on campus. He definitely had very um, Tom Cruise-esque vibes, I thought. Really? I know him because he used to be on One Life to Live. He was Kevin Buchanan. Yeah, I was like, it's interesting that this guy didn't become more, I mean, it, it seems like he's been a working actor for a long time, but he didn't like graduate into the- Yeah, he kind of stayed mid there. Yeah, yeah in the into the big leagues. Yeah, it's an all-star cast. Well, it's funny because, Anne, I thought this movie combined a lot of people. Like it had- Karen Kay, who we just watched, My Tutor. Yeah. <laughs> Zelda Rubenstein, we just watched Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yep. Robin Lively, I mean, I watched Cobra Kai. She was on this season for one episode. Yep. Dick Sargent, who we haven't seen anything, but he used to be on Bewitched. Yep. Is he still alive? I was just going to be, I think he's dead. Let me look. I think he's dead. I would guess that he's, he would have to be real old, I think. Mm. You know, he wasn't young in 89. Yeah, and then um, this woman, Mandy Ingber, plays um, Louise's best friend, Polly. She, I was reading, she has gone on, she stopped acting, but she's a yoga instructor to the stars. Mm -hmm. That's um, cool. Dick Sargent is dead. He died in 1994. Oh, long time dead. Do you think they cast him because, like, he was already in a witch, like, yeah you know is that like some like stunt casting in a way because he's really old to be her dad then oh, he died <laughs> yeah right and i feel like he wears a lot of eyeliner the lash line was dark yeah he died in 94 of cancer oh sorry. that's very sad and it had also the girl who plays what's her name randa which is have you ever met a human being named randa number one number two she's in monster squad she's the sister the sister that said she's a virgin, but she's not really a virgin. Mm -hmm. And in real life, she's married to Brad. They they played 
boyfriend and girlfriend in this, but the next, literally the next year they got married and they are still married. Are you serious? I didn't know that. That's awesome. I love that. That's sweet. Yes. Yeah. They have been married now. I guess that's like 32 years, right? Yeah. Wow. That's a love connection. That's a love connection right there. He was 26 playing a high school senior. Mm, yeah. yeah. I like it. I love it when people are 25 to 30 playing 17. Yeah. Mm. Although Robin Lively was in fact 17. She was... Well, Robin Lively, remember back, so she, I guess her most famous movie besides this was Karate Kid 3. And then the whole problem with that was that she was like underage, 16, 17, and Ralph Macchio was 30. Ralph Macchio and I share a birthday. Oh, yeah. Oh, now, different, different years, but same day. Yes. But he couldn't, there couldn't, she was supposed to be his love interest, but they couldn't actually have any scene because she was underage oh and then i made me go i love robin lively but like couldn't they have gone with someone 18 well except in this movie she has a full makeout scene with um brad and she was only 17 was full making out with tongue by the way i forgot how aggressive the tongue was it's it's so much aaron was like this is like intense like <laughs> and then i was like are they having sex like are they gonna it looks like they're having sex but they were it, it is inferred like why are they in different states of undress throughout this abandoned house they're, they're leaving who, clothes behind who does that and she's she had just celebrated her 16th birthday she's essentially still 15 yeah <laughs> and she has her hands on his back but it was all close-ups probably because of legal reasons but she i was like i don't remember it being them laying him laying on top of her i remember because i watch it every every fall like it comes on TV, like it's always on like Freeform or like one of those channels. Yeah, I, I, I was like, woof. Like I watch it whenever it's on. All right, well, this film is a favorite of your, both of you, correct? Yeah, I love Teen Witch. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's good, the whole movie from top to bottom. <laughs> it's, it's good. <laughs> Look, it's, it's essentially a musical. Yeah, they do full musical numbers. And there are some catchy tunes. Like they're like top that has been in my head. I don't know for 30 years, <laughs> you know, like seriously. There are some of those scenes I have to say are a little cringy though. It's like when she goes up and is dancing with those guys like that they just run into on the street. What I like is that they're, they're supposed to be cool. Like yes, we're supposed to think, man, those guys are really cool when they're the biggest dorks on the, I mean, it's doing the dancing it's beyond, but we, I love it are supposed to go man i wish i i mean the one time she's like polly's like i wish i could do those kinds of moves or you know it's like they they're enamored when in actuality you'd be like oh god please stop my my favorite is before top that when she and robin lively teen which goes she goes just go up and talk to them she's like he's just so funky yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's too funny he's just, he's too just funny. so funky that's my favorite. And he's wearing a half shirt. Yeah, I mean, and, and the two sidekicks. It's, and he's clearly 36 years old. Yeah. He's knocking on 40's door for yeah. sure. Right. So this movie is sort of, it kind of has some echoes of 16 Candles. It's Louise Miller is a very kind of sweet sort of um, plain Jane type gal who has a crush on, as you said, and the BMOC, um, brad yeah he's, yeah he is the um 
Jake Ryan in this movie. Yeah. He's the Jake Ryan. He is dating her neighbor across the street, Randa, who's like, you know, at the top of popularity charts. My other favorite thing is they do a lot of scenes like that take places in the locker room and everyone i don't know about your high school everyone has the same leotard that they're wearing it's like they have a gym uniform and it's an 80s leotard yeah we do not have that no and they're all always like breaking into song and dance like out of some kind of jane fonda video or something we also didn't yeah do dancing and song in the locker room but i i perp i failed gym so i can't really (laughs) i did (laughs) in ninth grade i was like i'm not doing this just fail me I will say for our gym in ninth grade, okay, ninth grade girls, it was, we had to do swimming. Oh. So we had to be in bathing suits. Okay. With like boys and you're like, yeah, senior boys were like the teacher's assistants. So you're parading yourself into the pool area with senior boys and they're all looking and like, it was horrific. And I think I told it and how he made us, we had to do with this one activity where you had to be fully clothed in jeans. You had to wear jeans. And you had to jump into the deep end of the pool. And what the point was, you're supposed to make yourself float. So you're supposed to be treading water, take the jeans off while still treading water, throw the jeans over your head to get wind inside enough to wrap it as a as a, a device, device. Which you can't do. You can't get air in wet <sighs> It's impossible. I think it's medically impossible. Especially like that, that 1991 denim was thick. (laughs) Like denim was like a, like a rigid thick, you know, it's, it didn't, it didn't have the, the, the elasticity it does now. (laughs) I think I just pretended, I think I just pretended, you know, but what, what also got me is like when we were swimming, what was also like really messed up was if you were a girl and you had your period you didn't have to swim but you had to tell the male teacher I have my period and then you had to sit out and so everyone knew it yeah and that's just messed up there was no (laughs) there was no winning super strange so yeah so I I was like yeah I'm not I'm not doing any of this (laughs) which is fine but but there's the scene in teen which where she or a couple of scenes has that awful English teacher who was just he was abusive on her and goes yeah. to her purse and is like I was like that seems par for the course like people teachers were weirdos back yeah. then then they got they did not get checked they got they did whatever they wanted you'd be scared to say something you know yeah. you'd be like oh well they're a teacher like they're allowed to fucking talk to me that way or whatever I don't know things are different now Teen Witch, Teen Witch is bringing up a lot. <laughs> it is. We start. We started heavy, and we're rolling heavy. <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, it's a lighthearted romp. This film. Meanwhile, this is like the most fun, stupid movie ever. <laughs> it's kind of bringing up traumas. I, 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 I really brought the pain today. <laughs> oh. Well, that's the thing. So, so Louise has written, like she's written in her diary, whatever, how much she loves Brad and somehow it gets. See, like she's writing like erotic fiction. She is. That dream, that opening scene dream. Yeah. Yeah. She's writing like his hands on my body, like sexy stuff. Yeah. Mortifying. Yeah. And somehow that gets stuck to her homework. Because of her weird brother. 
because of her brother. Who's underneath the bed eating a full cake. That kid's awesome. I love that guy. He's in River's Edge. Oh, he rules. And you know, do you know his he dad? Was, um, before dark. Yeah, near dark. Or after dark, near dark, yeah. But do you know that his dad is Jason Miller from The Exorcist? The, the guy's name is Joshua John Miller. That's his dad. His dad is the Damien Karras. That's wild. I just watched The Exorcist the other day. Still yeah. scary. Two o'clock in the afternoon on TV with commercials. Still scary. Yeah. Yeah. But that kid, that kid is, he's really something else because he's such a weirdo and he always really leans into being such a weirdo in all of his parts. I love that kid. Yeah. Yeah. He was playing the classic, like annoying younger brother kind of role. Weird, but extra weird. And weird. He's filthy in the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> yes, he's filthy. And he's always like, Louise. Like he does some sort of weird thing with his voice. <laughs> like he's just a real weirdo. And I respect it. And he's so mean to her. Like he, he like you're a dog <laughs> yeah, he goes you're an ugly dog and then he kept calling brad her red hot lover <laughs> he's like oh you're red hot lover <laughs> and in one scene he's making a pizza that he's inexplicable why don't why don't even know why he's making pizza and it's all over the kitchen it's like it's this, this big it's huge and he's kneading his hands into it i'm like why would you even be doing that he slams his hands into the pizza pie like i need to object <laughs> it's so gross oh. who would ever eat that oh yeah who's 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 eating that pizza not me it also looked like he was trying to win some kind of contest it was a humongous pizza also it's like who are you serving this to binge eating through the whole thing i'd be concerned <laughs> yeah. when they have the birthday cake and he's like start sticking his fingers in like he can't resist it he needs the yeah. thing it's yeah. like weird undercurrent like he has a food addiction problem that's that's what that's 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 what i'm driving at <laughs> yeah i think they're just trying to make him quirky and yet then you're like no there's something deeper darker going on here Flash yeah. eating disorder yeah but yeah so back to the scene with the horrible english teacher he finds her diary entry and starts reading it to the class and it name checks brad who's sitting two behind her and his girlfriend is sitting right behind her and it's mortifying and he doesn't even care like the teacher seems like he's picking on her because then there's another scene which we're saying where her, her bag falls and he starts going through her bag which excuse me you cannot do that and she has to run crying from the room it's like what is up with this guy yeah she has a bad stretch she then she's riding her bike and the, she gets run off the road by brat i mean she and then the bike's broken she really goes through it in the beginning I, her commitment though she rides her bike throughout the whole movie you know and there's one part where she's riding her bike to you know serena tangina to 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 the to the to the house and she's like really riding this bike like she's like <laughs> she's like really riding like her commitment to riding this bike it's like it's amazing yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she has no idea that she is uh, has witch powers until she um, goes over to the house of Madame Serena, which happens because, like you said, she got run off the road, her bike got a flat tire, she refuses to let Brad help her, and so she wanders upon this house where Madame Serena, played by Zelda Rubinstein, is, and she starts to tell her that she has magical powers yeah that she'll get on her 16th birthday i mean up until then unless it if the movie hadn't been called teen witch i would have been like oh this is just like another kind of john hughes-esque 
it's not a John Hughes movie, but it, it's that type of movie. I'm like, oh, this is like a high school thing. And then all of a sudden just takes this turn that she in fact can do spells and uh, you know manipulate people via witchcraft. I, I actually found there to be not that much witchcraft and like her, like she, there's not as, I'd be doing stuff all over town, right? She really does, like the main wish was to be popular, you know yeah. what I mean? Which is, which is, you know, I guess, a typical 16 year old wish, but like I would be doing a lot more magic if I was capable of it. I'd be all over town doing magic, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch all over town, you know? Like, yeah. Yes. Although she does, her first thing she does is sort of make a voodoo doll of her English teacher and uh, humiliate him, which I applauded, I have to say. And then she, the other teacher that she loved, who was the drama teacher, she, she did her a solid. She made her be like win That's the lottery true. and then meet a meet a um her own red hot lover armando lagando that's right he's taking her around the world so she did some nice things for people but her main thing was she didn't want to feel like she wanted brad to like her for her and not because of the, the magic yeah but she kind of decides that anyway so yeah so she 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 does a spell so that she'll become popular and clearly in the late 80s, becoming popular means that your hair just gets way more permed. It's like the more popular <laughs> she became, the larger her hair became. Yeah. There's so many scenes where she's, it's just her sauntering in different outfits. It's just her like sauntering and nodding to people, to, to tunes and doing dancing. There's a, like 10 minutes of that. I like the scene where just people are on her lawn with signs that say Louise. Yes. <laughs> and she's got to sneak out the back. And as always happens, her her best friend who's, you know, stuck by her the whole time, Polly, she's sort of left in the dust by by Louise, although Louise seems to be unaware of that because she has a talk with her at some point and she was like, you've completely ignored me. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you think you would have done something for Polly, like, all right, I'm going to make you popular, too, or something. She seemed to kind of like try to set her up with that guy. Top that guy. Yeah. I don't know, but that girl is um, that she's she was on Cheers. She was Carla Tortelli's daughter. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's so funny. That's good casting. They look alike. <laughs> well, okay. So here's what I don't get. So she sort of casts a spell on Brad, as we sort of were talking about before. They wind up going to this abandoned house, and uh, he's taking off his shirt. She's taking off her shirt, and they're making out and. Now, all the time, he's still dating Randa. Yeah. There has yeah. never been a discussion with Randa, like, I'm going to hook up with Louise. Did I, you're, I said the same thing. You're absolutely right. Right? I guess it's because everybody loves Louise, and she's like, oh, I get it. Still, he's full cheating on her. Yeah, he yes. is. He's full cheating. Then in the last scene, which I believe is the prom, isn't that supposed to be the prom? I think so. Like the final dance, because they're all talking about the schools they got into. And so it's the end of the year. Yeah. So he goes with Randa. They walk in hand in hand. So like no mention of the fact that he was just in an abandoned house making out with Louise. She comes to the dance with Zelda, which I thought was an interesting choice. <laughs> I don't know many women in their 60s that want to go as a prom date with somebody, but okay. <laughs> And then the last scene, spoiler alert, is those two start making out on the dance floor. And I'm like, again, where is Randa now? What does Randa think? Everyone's just like, yay, happiness. That is true. There's, there's never a cutaway to Randa being like, what the fuck? Never. No. No, it's interesting because when like, 
they're in the car together when he when she sneaks out the back because she's got the fanfare on her lawn right <laughs> they come back and he's like i want you to go to the dance with me and she's like no it's not right you just made out like well, is it such an odd request that he's going to ask you out to the dance that right. you turn him down like it just it just doesn't make any sense yeah she's like just go with randa yeah I think because at that point she was worried that he only liked her because of the spell and not because of her. Yeah. Right. But, but didn't he already, at one point he's saying to Louise, like, Rand is really on my case about the dance, about where we're going to go to dinner. So it appears as though he's already made a commitment to take Randa. They're already yes. going to this dance together. So yes. then he's pulling a fast one. But the other thing is Randa doesn't seem to care or I, they, I literally in the wide shot because they're making out and then they sort of pan wide to see the whole dance and I'm look I'm literally looking I'm like where's Randa what's Randa doing right now where's Randa's reaction shot we need some justice for Randa yeah. justice for Randa well justice for Randa is in real life she married him and they've been married for 32 years but that's true I was like that seems like a loose end that should have been tied up yeah yeah, because even in that scene, before Louise comes through the door, Rand is like, I got into San Francisco University, whatever, and Brad's going to come visit me every weekend, right? And he's like, uh-huh. So he thinks they're full boyfriend-girlfriend. Plans were made. Yeah. Brad's like, not if Louise shows up. Let's give it a minute. Right. Here comes Louise, and she's, oh, look, she's brought a hot date, the 60-year-old Madam Serena. Now I know I need to get her. That's right. And by the way, at the end, she's dancing with the mean teacher. Did you catch that? They're they're doing dancing together in the end. Well, and her she was funny because her she had she cast the spell so that she wound up with that young guy. That was when they were in their house. The frog. Yeah. The frog that turned into yeah. the young man, and she was all happy. This movie yeah. is really horny. Like just people like finding guys trying to get. I mean. It really is. There's a lot of very 80s things that happen. I mean, because the other thing is when before her transformation, her her it's her birthday. She has a birthday party at home. Nobody comes because Randa is having a party on the same night. Her brother is calling her a loser, as we've said. He's always like so mean to her. Like nobody's coming to your party. But his mother so mean. He's so mean. But the mother makes a big point of how she spent all this money on this outfit. There's a lot about clothes in this. Yeah. And of course, I mean, the clothes that she's wearing at that point are the clothes of a, like a 50 year old librarian. That's the kind of clothes my mom used to buy me. Right. So the mother is like all happy that she's bought her this new outfit again in the 50 year old librarian vein. I'm pretty sure I had a sweater similar. To Not for nothing, but Anne, yeah, in fifth grade, you had a similar outfit. Yeah. I, <laughs> my mom dressed, I wore the clothing of like a 50 year old woman. <laughs> like maxi skirts with yeah, shoulder pads i mean i wore i like shoulder pads but... i dressed like a divor divorcee when i yeah. was mm. you know 12 but it's very much like the whole grease thing like once you go from being sort of the librarian looking person to being this sort of not that she dresses risque at all not even close but sort of more of the time than your popularity yeah. soars oh what about the part where she goes where she goes to the other dance earlier with Randa's mm -hmm. cousin or whatever. Cousin. He's like a nerd. He shows up looking kind of like a nerdy guy, but he ends up being a total creep who's like grabbing on her and trying to make her make out with him. 
He's like a sexual predator. Yeah, he's a full predator. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was very strange. I thought, well, okay, fine. He's a nerd and whatever. But the fact that he was a nerd who was also a sexual predator was a little bit disturbing. And she's like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I know. I was like, wow, she's taking this well. Cause I would literally be crying in the bathroom being like, I'm not going back outside to that guy. Mm-hmm. And the other like Brad, like who are his friends? Yeah. Like he, like there's the there's the team of girls. There's Randa and, and Sean and, and Kiki, right? Those are the popular girls. And then there's Brad, but like in any given mo- movie, like there's the group of popular people and like there's the popular girls and the popular guys. Is he the only one? I mean, there's the rapping guys, but are they're, t- they're tangential. They, they actually don't speak, they just rap. Like <laughs> you don't have any lines. Like I I don't know what their motivation is, you know. I agree. I thought they were supposed to be his friends, but I don't know that they were. That is true. Like his buddy. He's not hanging out with his buddies ever. Yeah, exactly. Or being like, yeah, he, he, and at the dance, he's just with the girls. Like he's just, you know, I don't yeah. have an issue with that. It's just, was that overlooked or? It's just Brad. Yeah, he's like the only male character that has lines besides obviously the English teacher the dad and the brother but still maybe he was he did have that and then somebody was like we gotta get more of these rappers (laughs) gotta add a couple more scenes so those other the friends got cutting room floor I don't know but I love the rappers I think that's what I'm saying they went these guys are going to be a crowd pleaser we need somebody quick we need another routine we need more funkiness yeah, like the part where they're when she's walking down the street and then they're he's rapping, he's like putting his body outside of the car and like doing a rap to her. It's well, I know every word to every song. Wow. Yeah, they're catchy, and I've been watching it since I was in you know ninth eighth grade or something like that. Oh. So. Teen Wolf came out in 1985. This was supposed to be the female version, and they even borrowed like the font and stuff from Teen Wolf for this movie. Teen Wolf is disturbing. It's good. It is good, but there's full bestiality happening. Yeah, well, so is Twilight, right? Does she have sex with him as the werewolf? I don't know. They make out. While he's a wolf? No. Well, I mean, but he still has the, 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 potential, the potential to become a wolf on any given night where there's a moon. So he is. Yeah, but in Teen Wolf, in Teen Wolf, she only wants to get with him as the wolf. She's not interested in Michael Jackson. You're right about that. Like, you need to be an, an actual animal wolf for me to be turned on. Yeah, and like, doesn't her boyfriend, didn't her boyfriend shoot his dad, his mom? Teen <laughs> <laughs> Wolf is really fucked up, really. And I think she even says to him, you're such an animal. And then he howls Yeah. before they, before they do it. I mean, he literally howls like, an, like a wolf. It's really a um that's that's that one that's a wild I think it's PG. I think it's PG too. Yeah, it that that one really the censors are like that's that's cool. <laughs> you know the thing at the end of Teen Wolf, the credits, you know, the the like it would they they used to say it's a myth, like the end of Teen Wolf, he makes the shot, you know, the basketball shot. He comes up like he, they win the game and it goes kind of slow motion and the credits start and it pans the the gym. And all the people like on the bleachers stand up and they're all like excited and everything. And the guy that pulls his pants down and takes his penis. Yeah. You've seen it, right? Yeah. I've seen penis on him. I've seen penis also in Greece too. 
there's a scene in Greece too where the guy is running and he's jumping in the pole vault and his penis flops right out of his pants. <laughs> I know. Yes. <laughs> that was unearthed recently. There's a, I guarantee if somebody did you just say it flopped out? Flopped out because he was wearing the short shorts. I think and intentionally apparently the guy was a real prankster on the set. I think if someone were to investigate a lot of movies from the 80s, 70s, 80s, you'd find lots of penis. Lots of <laughs> I really <laughs> I think a lot of those pranks we were put doing pranks and they were like we got to keep going we got to keep going if you looked scene by scene in crowds like that it's in our very it's, we've probably seen it a million times we just never noticed it it's, it's weaved into the very fabric <laughs> <laughs> well th- this movie was made for 2.5 million dollars and it grossed twenty seven thousand dollars. seriously it didn't even break even it didn't even come close to $27,000. And I think our podcast was made almost that much. Um, I don't, I wish. I don't know. That, that would be amazing. Maybe $27. <laughs> it definitely has made $27. Okay. Uh, the problem was it came out at the same time as Field of Dreams and Pet Cemetery. Mm. Oh, that, that was the competition. <laughs> well, but I have to say, I bet you it did, it made its money on VHS. I'll bet you. Yeah, because I didn't right. see it in the theater. I mean, no. it was like I rented it and then it would come on like HBO. Yeah, you know? I feel like yeah. video rental, it had to be yeah. money back, don't you think? Yeah. Well, it, it did. So HBO and Cinemax started showing it in the 90s and that's when it became like a cult classic. So it wasn't, yeah. you know, from the uh, theatrical release. But yes, and now in 2005, they re-released the film to DVD. In its widescreen theatrical version. Oh, I should purchase. Yeah. Um, and it's regularly on 13 nights of Halloween on Freeform. Yeah, that's that's like where I typically would watch, like, you know, whenever I catch it on TV, you know, TV. Because when I watched it for this um, the other night, that this was the only time I ever intentionally looked for it, you know, since I rented it when I was 12. It's on Tubi if anybody wants to watch it. Tubi is the best. It's also on YouTube with commercials. And that rap song, Top That, is uh, someone said that it is everything that is wonderful and terrible about the 80s rolled up into one misguided appropriation of hip hop. <laughs> it's, the, it's the most famous scene for sure. Which is very funny because how who would think like just a scene on a suburban street with a bunch of people riding up on a bicycle would be that's what it would be i don't know and i believe i remember reading an article about it a while ago that that is not it's a the the guy is lip syncing like that's not his voice oh and apparently it wasn't in the original script they did it as part of a reshoot i'm telling you because somebody showed a testing audience and they went we need more of those this is is magic like if you're a witch this is magic (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they had at least three musical scenes at least maybe four it's, it's a, like it's almost a musical what's the song when it, i like boys when they're all yeah. when they're in the um locker she room walks in and she's like i have the new cheer how is that a cheer hey cheerleaders i have the new cheer and she's like and then they all just break into a song called <laughs> i like boys which is fine but it was, uh, yeah, I don't even, it wasn't even a well-choreographed dance. No, and I I noticed this time watching it, 
I guess Randa probably is not much of a dancer because they just have her on the side kind of bebopping and scatting and mm. she, but she's not even on beat like if you watch the part where she's just kind of like on the side they probably were like just stand there and move just move your body <laughs> well there was one point where it looked like she was about to fall down and i thought yeah. that was on purpose but then they kept going and i'm like i think they that was real and they just kept going i think they were like we're burning daylight she can't get the choreo put her on the sidelines and bebop and scat a little bit on the side well i guess i don't have to ask but is this a muldoon a muldon't muldoon <laughs> i'm gonna go muldine i liked it but it wasn't like it wasn't a great 80s film. Once again, I'll say it. The only thing that would have improved this film was Mold, would be Muldoon himself. If he was a, <laughs> imagine him as the rapper. That Then that would be my favorite movie of all time. If he played that part, forget it. He would have been awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, Anne, Muldoon was just posting yesterday. Now <laughs> his new thing is, I feel like he's always in the back of a car, like a, a, a driven car singing and he's always and he's always with his sister he's very family oriented yeah, i'm telling you yeah he's always like throwing the horns and and <laughs> singing along real loud to music he is fun all right and stevie you agree is this a muldoon for you um yeah yeah i, I absolutely 100 percent. it's a you know a muldoon um i'm all doing it every fall <laughs> you know like <laughs> because of that but to to your to your point would I feel that way if I didn't grow up watching it so I I, I totally see like your your review as well I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna argue yeah. that like oh it's this is a great great movie it's it's nostalgic it's like it's like special it's like nostalgic because it is you know just something I grew up watching yeah, nostalgia goes a long way. And I knew it wasn't great then. It was just fun, <laughs> you know? Right, right. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, and I enjoyed it. Let me say this. I watched it yesterday yeah. afternoon. I was like, oh, that was cute. Like, it, you know, I liked it. I just wouldn't go, I wouldn't go overboard about it, let's just say. Yeah. Do you guys remember, like, okay, so in the 80s, like, especially, like, the, the late 80s, um, on TV when they would get all of the teen stars. And do you, do you remember like Dance Till Dawn? Oh, and, and like Crash Course? So good. Yeah. You know what? I bet you can find those on YouTube or something. That, though, Christy, those were like Alyssa Milano. And like Christina Applegate. and oh. Applegate. Milano. Brian fucking Bloom with those blue oh. eyes. Yep. I forgot about Brian Bloom. I was just looking him up. I guess he's just now a big voiceover character actor. Oh. He's like working constantly. Good for him. But it's all Star Wars cartoon, Green Lantern cartoon, or video games. A lot of them are video games. That's That's a good job to have. You don't have have to worry about what you look like anymore. Mm -hmm. You can just live your life, go into the thing. That's like the way you make good money. That's yeah. But that is amazing. He was like very popular. Oh yeah. He He was was. on the Rob. He was on the cover of every team Tiger Beat 16. Yeah. Yeah. Bop. 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 And then remember there's the big bopper, which was just the large posters. Yeah. Yeah. And like Kirk Cameron with like a puppy, like a random right. puppy. He holding a puppy <laughs> yeah. in a tank top and holding a puppy. A whole, like in a tank top holding a puppy. <laughs> Neither yeah. of us were ever really hot for Kirk Cameron. No, 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 no. 
Yeah, I preferred boners to bone if I had to pick somebody from that. If I had to. If you had to pick somebody from Growing Pains? Yeah, if you actually, if you had to pick somebody from Growing Pains, maybe I'd go with Alan Thick. Why I was not? just going to say, I'd go, I'd go straight to the horse's mouth. <laughs> you gotta go. If I, somebody was like, I go straight to Thick. <laughs> somebody was like, you must, you have to go out with somebody on this cast. I would be like, come on, Mr. Thick. That's who you'd go for? What about Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, shit. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. No, I'm sticking. I'm sticking. Because Leonardo DiCaprio was too little. Well, he's our age. He's older than us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is it bad that it's... No, I think it's odd that Leonardo DiCaprio is too little that you're going straight to the 50-year-old father. Considering, like, at the time when we're, we're watching the show, like, we were, like, 11. <laughs> so... By the time Leonardo DiCaprio came on, I don't even think I was really watching it anymore. Yeah, I didn't watch it. It was the Hail Mary pass to try to keep people still interested in growing pains. I think we had all- They had that baby. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone has a baby. And then he was like seven by the second season. And then they adopted DiCaprio. Yeah, I think I was already tapped out by the time DiCaprio. We were already like in high school. Like, yeah, who's watching? So I, I can't. I'm just saying from when I watched Growing Pains, yes, I'd have to choose Alan Thick. Conversation took a turn. (laughs) I still don't think that excuses it. Let me just say that. I still think it's very bizarre that you're going with with Alan Thick. DiCaprio or no DiCaprio? I stand by it. I picked Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid, too. You did, yeah. I said if I had to pick somebody off of original Karate Kid Part 1. This is when Johnny... You wouldn't go with Machio? No, I would pick Mr. Miyagi. Why? Because I get that sweet property. And that's, that's, that's yeah. strange. I stand for that. You get all those classic cars. That's right. <laughs> I've been sitting pretty. But I said, if it was current day, obviously I'd pick Johnny because he's funny. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, but let me just say, when Karate Kid came out, you wouldn't have picked Miyagi, would you? Please say no. Please. Look, I stand by it. I was like, look, he was the best choice at the time. <laughs> at the time. In 1984, yeah. you were eight. Not, not when I was eight. I'm saying if I was a grown <laughs> woman adult. What, what is this dream scenario? You're like, what is this, this odd dreamscape where you're dating Fat Maria? <laughs> <laughs> what is this what is this what is this like reality you've created right like you're where you're like you're the age you are now dating Pat Rita in 1984 <laughs> I think you have to bring this to therapy <laughs> you need to go see Jason Seymour for some therapy oh, wait <laughs> you want Date him too. There's red flags all over the place. They're telling me. Just I've known you my whole life. This is so much new information. I didn't know <laughs> I could learn anything more about you. We should just do an episode where we have to, where it's like you have to pick and do different, you know, shows or whatever. And like here's the three leads, and you have to pick. I actually was having a thought the other day. Here's I'll put this to you. Groups of friends, like twos. Who would you pick of this? Now, I think there were four groups, but now I can only think of three. 
Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Picking for what? What are we picking them for? Like, who would you want to hang out with? Like, spend time, like, hang out as friends? Okay. Right. Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. They're good friends, those two. Oof, that sounds exhausting. Or Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. Harrelson McConaughey, no question. Harrelson and McConaughey, no question. Although Damon and Affleck, I, 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 they're probably fun, but I feel like you'd have real fun. But I would like to get fully drunk with Harrelson and McConaughey. Yeah, I think Woody Harrelson is probably so much fun, and McConaughey for that matter. But yeah. I'm making that choice based solely on Har- Harrelson. Well, that's what I think they, they, each of those groups sort of represents a type. Like there's the Ryan Reynolds, he's like the more artsy theatery people. Then you have the Damon and Affleck who are like the bro frat guys. And then you have the stoners, Harrelson and McConaughey. I'm going to choose them as my number one set. Affleck and Damon as my second set. And then I think Hugh Jackman seems fine. And Ryan Reynolds, is, he, it just seems like it would be a lot. There'd be a lot of like bits and routines. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know that I would have much to say, much to talk about. I guess you could throw in also, you could throw in Adam Sandler and David Spade. Oh, then I, that's my number one. You go for them over Harrelson and uh, McConaughey? I love Adam Sandler and I love David Spade. I'm still going Harrelson and McConaughey just because I, and can I, can I possibly throw in, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my friend group right here. Okay. Fieri and Hagar. <laughs> it's my friend group right there. A hundred percent. No, that would be I way work, too much. If I could work Fieri, Hagar, Harrelson, and McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey is friends with Fieri. He is. They're good friends. That would be that would be a fun time. Who would you pick, Chrissy? What would be your set? I don't know. I love Matthew McConaughey, but I just like to laugh because he's so ridiculous. He's such a ridiculous human being to me. I think I would pick them too, but I don't know. I literally, I think I would just sit there speechless. I, I just think I'd watch what unfolded. I feel like that'd be fun. I also share a birthday with McConaughey. Oh. Yeah. So maybe I should hang out with Machio and McConaughey. I think I would either go, I don't know. I might go Ryan Reynolds and uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman seems like the sweetest man. Oh, he's, I'm sure lovely. I just, yeah. he's not compelling to me. All right, we've gone way off base. We got, uh, yeah, I don't even, I don't even know anymore. The answer is all of the above. I would, just, if anyone's available, by all means. If anyone's available. Find us. All right, well, thank you so much, Stevie. We've learned so much more than we thought that we were going to learn from this podcast. Thank you so, so much, you guys, for having me again. I really appreciate it. It was super fun. I love hanging out with you both and doing this. Yeah, next time we'll do a Cabarita movie. Yeah. <laughs>